This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, episode 21. Isaac Trotter and Derek Piper in studio together, and we got a whole lot to talk about. I mean, I think there's some big things happening on campus this weekend. Yeah, the Hall of Famers are in here. Yeah, there's a really important football game on Saturday night that we wish was a little bit more important after last week. Sure. There's also maybe the biggest official visit of this entire 2020 class, and that's all starting today. So a lot of stuff to get in on this podcast. Derek, what are you most excited for for this weekend? Is, is it Adam Miller? Is it this, this Illinois-Nebraska game, or is it the Hall of Famers? Uh, probably Adam Miller, probably. and I'm a little biased yeah, to be you honest. Are. But uh, heading over to Ubin, get a chance to to see him, and just knowing the impact that he can make. As far as you know, two weeks ago we did this podcast. You said there wasn't much buzz on the Illinois basketball recruiting side. Well, you get an Adam Miller as a top 50 guard in the country. We'll talk about Coleman Hawkins a little bit later in this podcast. All of a sudden, things look pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to break in, um, break down Adam Miller and everything that goes into this. Is this the most important official visit since when? Um, We'll give you all the details about when you should be at Ubbin if you want to go watch them work out. I think you can watch the team work out as well, too, at some point this weekend. So we'll break down who's the biggest competition with all that good stuff. Uh, And then we're going to also talk about Coleman Hawkins. He was on campus for a visit last week. All indications are that went well. There's crystal balls heading Illinois' way. How do you fill out the rest of this class? And what could this 2020? class kind of look like and then of course we have to talk about Illinois football as they get ready to play Nebraska um, so a big important game for Lovey Smith especially after that loss to Eastern Michigan this is going to be a huge one but you can rate us review us that always helps get the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify we're going to take a quick time out when we come back it's time for Adam Miller and it's time for big time discussions with Derek Piper okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to episode 21 of the Illini Inquirer podcast. Adam Miller is on campus in Champaign for an official visit, and it felt like there was a lot working up to this, and now it's finally here. There's been some buzz with Arizona. There's been a ton of buzz with Arizona State, but this is what Illinois wanted. They wanted this official visit. They wanted it on this weekend, and they got it. This is shaping up for Illinois to hit a home run, right? Like, What does Illinois need to do here, Derek, to get this thing done? Yeah, I think they just need to do what they do, really. Right. They're, they're really good at official visits, and it helps to have the Hall of Fame weekend and get a chance to run into Deion Thomas and Eddie Johnson. Uh, of course, spending time with Io and just understanding 
what Illinois was able to provide for Io, and I, I was going to succeed wherever he went in the country. He's that talented, but I think that Illinois has given him a unique stage, particularly in state stage, uh, as far as not only getting to come in and play right away and have success and get the ball. But I think the way they market him and Io and his camp are very savvy about branding and everything. And I think that that's important when you think about perception around college basketball and also getting ready for the NBA. So uh, I think that that is important. Also seeing his buddy, DeMonte Williams, they used to work out all the time together back in Peoria uh, and we're at Peoria Manual, you know, during DeMonte senior season, which was shortened due to the ACL. Uh, and then also sitting down with Brad Underwood and, and Chin Coleman and the whole staff and really just understanding his role and his impact and what he can do at Illinois. And this is a huge one for, for just so many reasons. I mean, coming into this class of 2020, I felt like it was a DJ Stewart or Adam Miller the whole time. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, personally, I kind of like DJ Stewart a little bit more than Adam Miller just because he has a little bit of dog in him. He like I don't know. I just like his style of play. Nothing against Adam Miller. He's a great player, great shooter, obviously top 50 player in the nation. He's a good player. But this one felt like uh, this was more in Illinois' game the whole time, right? Louisville and Texas were pushing for DJ Stewart. Then he commits to Duke. After that, gets involved. UNC offers. But it felt like Illinois and Adam Miller was the one that made the most sense. But after all this buzz with Arizona state in Arizona I don't know my expectations are a little bit lower for this one coming into this but again Illinois is doing everything they had needed to do this is everything you wanted that he hasn't committed anywhere this is your chance right like this is it oh 100 percent. and it was a little surprising that this hasn't been more of seeming like a slam dunk yeah I think that that was the expectation maybe back in June or earlier on where it's just like it's just a matter of time and there was that feeling with Io you, that's the one you compare it to right when uh, a player from Morgan Park from McIrvin Fire that you've been in on forever that's came to your campus uh, you know a couple of years ago which is funny it's actually been two years or two years plus since Adam's actually been in Champaign for a visit but that's the one you look at, back on and say, was Wake Forest ever really a big challenger for Io? No. Uh, you expected Io to, to be coming to Illinois pretty much the entire time. With Adam, all of a sudden, you know, there's this crystal ball pick by Andrew Slater, the athletic, who's very well respected and has gotten a lot of picks right in for Arizona State. So that tells you there has been some legit buzz for them. And, you know, to their credit, they recruited him hard. They also provide something a little bit different as far as not necessarily the opportunity, but anyone that goes out to Arizona State and has a good time is like, hey, I could maybe hang out there for a couple of years and play basketball. That's not surprising. At the same time, as you mentioned, just everything seems to stack up for Illinois as far as what makes sense. Uh, keeping him close to his mom is really, really important. Uh, again, the opportunity to kind of set the stage. that The I.O. set this stage of you can come in, you can be one of the top players in the country, and you can stay home and succeed and go to the NBA, which is expected for I.O. after this year. Andres Felice is leaving as well. They need someone to come in and play a major impact next to Trent Frazier. I look at the official visits that Illinois has had over the last few years, and where would you rank this on the most important one? I I still think our boy E.J. Liddell is probably higher. Yeah. I still think Drew Timmy is a little higher. Io and THT probably a little higher, but this one's kind of right in that range for me too. With Io THT, where would that stack up for you? This one is absolutely crucial, especially where you're at in this class and knowing there's not a whole lot of depth now that DJ Stewart's off the board. I know that that was one that's going to be was going to be really tough, but knowing that if you miss on Adam, all of a sudden there could be kind of a scramble or a panic mode. I know that Andre Curbelo is still an option. We'll talk about him. Coleman Hawkins would be a a nice upside piece at the four. But again, 
having a surefire impact ready combo guard to come in and score if you miss on adam all of a sudden i don't know where that's coming from your guard depth looks rough next year in a hurry for sure so uh, i agree with you though a lot of people like to say they like to remember the ones that you got and say oh biggest visit since iowa well ej liddell was pretty darn big kofi was pretty darn big right tj holyfield was pretty big so i would put those three up there as far as importance really i agree with you and say probably ej although then again i could easily say kofi because you didn't have that legit five rebounding has been a major concern and we're going to see it on the court this year but having a banger to throw up against wesson or whoever else is in the league that was pretty important as well yeah definitely I, I, all right so i i wanted to touch on this do these oven workouts actually work right like that's my thing so if, if you didn't know and then you're just listening and you're just finding out you can go watch an open workout tomorrow at oven right what time can people get in there yeah, Adam is supposed to work out around 2.30, and the team is supposed to be working out before that about 1 o'clock. So I've been told that around 1, uh, the doors should be open in case you want to stop by and, and take a peek what's going on. Yeah, but do these work, though, right? Because they work. <laughs> like, remember the, the three-headed monster that they had with Oscar Shibway, Yeah, and then they had Terrence Shannon and EJ Liddell. They all come in. Oscar Shibway's just tearing the rim off. EJ looks good. Mm-hmm. Terrence Shannon has all these lefty dunks. Then you don't get any of them, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it's packed. There's crazy, crazy chance everywhere. Can we yeah. not have crazy chance tomorrow? That, that'd be really enjoyable if that doesn't happen. I don't think you should force the chance. The chance don't right. need to be forced. Like what were some of those? Uh, just like, I don't know. I, I would just say, you know, stick to, to what works. ILL, I and I, you know, we want, we want, we want EJ. Adam. Yeah, right. That, yeah, I yeah. remember we want EJ. I thought the weird one was come home EJ or something. Or, or something with like Oscar. Like they did a rhyme with Oscar. Like for Shan- like It was weird. I yeah. can't think about it. Yeah, keep it simple tomorrow. But again, this is really important. I mean... You talk about making an impression. Taylor Horton Tucker was impressed when he came into that workout and saw those people. I was impressed. Oscar Shibway might not have come to Illinois. He was really impressed when all those people show out to watch him practice or, you know, watch him work out. Yeah, they work. Uh, I think they they serve what they're meant to to serve as far as purpose, but uh, can they be better? I, I think there have been some where ideally you'd like some more student involvement, some more Orange Crush involvement. Uh, at the same time, they're not the difference maker. Uh, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna swing it one way or the other. Uh, if someone hears a chant, you know, a player hears a, hears a chant that he doesn't like, I don't think all of a sudden he's like, all right, well, I was gonna go to Illinois, and now all of a sudden I'm not going to. Because with Oscar, you had the ties to West Virginia. That was right. one that was gonna be hard to to get. EJ, the relationship with Brad, I, I think that mattered a lot more than whether or not he. He didn't seem super uh, enthused about the state. And some don't like that. They don't right. like all the attention. Uh, I think Adam will like it. I think that they can work for what you know what they're meant to do uh, at the same time. It's just one, one part, one event that I think is cool. It's unique. I don't think that players get that at any other stop uh, on their official visit trail. So I, I think that it is an opportunity to show them the fan right. passion that's at Illinois is a little bit different. I, I think when we were looking through the the scheduling of this this visit it, it looked like it was going to be adam miller was going to be on campus with somebody else like if rather that's Col- coleman hawkins or somebody else is going to be on campus with him but he's not he's alone how much does that change for the staff like you know you know how these weekends work how much does it change when now they only have one guy to focus on not like it's bad to have three guys on campus because you get even more buzz but having one guy this is it you're our number one priority we're all focused on you how much does that help it's what you want it's absolutely what you want and that was actually 
the plan or, or what they had hoped for, and I know that originally Adam had put it out that he was going to visit last weekend, which would have been the same weekend as Coleman Hawkins, but the staff all along was hoping to bring him and hoping that it worked out with his family and, and with the Irvins and everyone that he wants to come to campus for Hall of Fame weekend, have that be Adam's weekend completely, entirely. And, and yeah, you, you don't want to have to split up time where Brad is is talking to another family and not putting all of his attention on Adam. So when you have the, one of the top players, if not the top player on your board coming right. to town, you want them to be number one focus and really the only focus. Are there any red flags with Adam Miller that we should be worried about? Because there was a red flag with Oscar Shibway, and it was West Virginia. A lot of ties there, right? There was a red flag with EJ Liddell. Weren't sure if the relationship with Brad was right. There's a red flag with Terrence Chan Jr. What the heck is going on in this kid's <laughs> mind, right? You're just not sure what's going on here. Is there a red flag with Adam Miller? Is it the fact that maybe he doesn't want to follow Io, or, or, or is that not a factor? Uh, that's a good question, and I think my first answer to it would be Arizona and Arizona State are probably seeing the red flags. They're the ones that say, oh, well, he's a Mac Irvin kid. He's a Morgan Park kid. His mom's in Chicago. That you know, He's from Peoria. There's a lot of reasons that he's going to go to Illinois. And maybe we are, Jaded. I wouldn't say wasting our time, <laughs> but you know, we are maybe in that position where yeah. we're going to go all out for him and, and it doesn't work out. Uh, I think you bring up an interesting point in Io, and I, I think that that's how... Illinois, and I said it earlier on the process, I thought it was important to sell Adam on more of the opportunity and not to be Io, not to be the next right, Io. They're right. different players, and also I think it's just more of an example of the the opportunity in the stage than to say, I don't think he wants to be an Io's shadow. And that was one question mark that we had uh, going earlier on in this recruitment. But I think he understands, particularly because Io had the kind of freshman year to where he can jump and go to the NBA where if it was one where I was expected to stick around for another year and Adam was maybe playing the same backcourt again and having to share the ball, that would be maybe an issue. Right now, I think Adam, Io is just the perfect standard that he can then come and, and take advantage of that and use it to his own way. Right. I, I look at Io and his game and Adam Miller's games are very different, right? Like, there just are. I, I see a lot more Trent Frazier in, in that game than in Adam Miller's game than Io. And I don't think that's a problem because if you look potential in the future, an Adam Miller and Trent Frazier backcourt together is. That's something I'd like to see. I mean, after the years of not having enough shooters, those two dudes could shoot it within 30 feet. Like in, anywhere inside half court, they can nail it, basically. Yep. And that type of offense could look a little bit special. Like, is, is, am I wrong, though, to think he's a lot more like Trent Frazier than I no, as a player? I've said the same thing. Style of play, particularly, they're both, as far as Trent and, and Adam, they're both score-first combo guards who can really, really shoot. And in the gym range, as I like to say, you know, multiple steps behind the three-point line, they're a threat to, to put the ball in the, in the hole, pull-up jumper. Uh, I think that both came in, and Trent is still working through some of this, is making players around you better and, and being able to facilitate and manipulate the defense and, and set up others uh, within the offense, a pure point guard type of role. And again, Io's not necessarily a pure point guard. He's a combo, and I think he's – a better scorer than he is a passer, but I was more going to the rim and whatnot. Uh, just the one difference between Adam and Trent is you have a bigger body right. with Adam. He's six three, close to six four. Uh, I think that maybe that helps defensively. That helps going into the lane, absorbing contact, and of course the rankings say that Adam is uh, a higher profile and, and more has played more on a higher stage. You, you know, Trent didn't play in the UIBL. Trent didn't play uh, in the same kind of, 
you know Chicago Public League type of setting. So uh, that is more comparable to Io. But as far as play style, I would say more like Trent. You made your bed with Mac Irvin Fire back in the day with Io and THT. This is this is what it comes down to, right? Like you picked Io per se over THT for this reason, for this recruit, for this entire program, right? And if you can't get him, this could be a big problem. I I, I don't know. Like I, I I look at who are we most concerned about? Arizona State's in the mix, obviously. Arizona's in the mix. I think Arizona State's probably number one there. But after you made your bed with Mac Irvin Fire two years ago, this is a recruitment that Illinois absolutely has to win. Like I, I just don't see a chance, a, a situation here where Illinois can lose this, and we'll be on here rationalizing why this is okay to lose Adam Miller, yeah. to lose DJ Stewart, and it's all good because we got you know Andre Cabello and somebody else coming. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely, and no doubt the choice between Io and Tht it, it it was a complicated one. It wasn't just about one player versus the other. Then again. Uh, Io was the one that said, and we could do a whole podcast. We on should that definitely day. do a whole podcast. We'll, we'll on save that like for later, years. when maybe in the summer <laughs> when there's nothing going on. Uh, but yeah, th- this was part of the connection. Chin Coleman to the, the Mac Urban Fire program. You've invested so much time and effort in that one, and, and you're in this window for a basketball program where you have the talent this year. You have the talent to win. You have the talent to make the tournament. And it's also coupled with you've got to reload. You've got to bring in a couple impact players, particularly at guard, to pair with Georgie, to pair with Kofi, and be ready to win after this year. So I think that it's kind of in this 12-month window where you win on the floor this year, you get a couple impact recruits that can come in and help you win the next year after that. All of a sudden, you're rolling as a program. So if you don't get Adam, all of a sudden, there's a major question on, on your ability to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it's a, a monstrous recruitment and a monstrous weekend. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to continue our discussion on hoops because Illinois has another another guy in the in this 2020 class that they're really focusing on. We'll, we'll talk all about the Coleman-Hawkins visit, the, the crystal balls that are rolling in for him next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to the Line Inquirer podcast. Isaac Trotter and Derek Piper talking all things Illinois basketball. We'll touch on some Illinois football later. Uh, spent the first segment talking a, t- a ton about Adam Miller, and now it's time to talk about Coleman Hawkins, six foot ten, four star, kind of fringe four star recruit, low or high three star, low four star recruit from California. He takes a visit to Illinois last weekend. All reports are that went really, really well. Crystal balls are starting to file in now with this. What do you make of this? I don't know. I look at him and I go, that's an Isaiah Roby, DJ Wilson type of player. Six foot ten, can dunk it, has some athleticism, can shoot the three a little bit too. He just does a lot for you. I kind of like this kid. He might not have the high upside of Zed Key or like an EJ Liddell or anything. Yeah. But this is a dude you don't have. You, you need more length, right? You ne- And you don't have guys like this on your roster, enough of them. I don't hate this. If this is going to be, uh, you know, your third or fourth guy in this 2020 class, that's a pretty good roll of the dice there. I love his fit, particularly offensively, just with his skill level. And we got a chance to watch him on the Adidas circuit 
uh, or the Under Armour circuit, I should actually say. Uh, back, no, it was Adidas. I get my There's shoe so many brands. circuits around yeah, here, right? Man, I get my shoe brands mixed up. Uh, the Adidas circuit o- over the summer, and he's so comfortable playing on the perimeter. And you're playing a four-out offense. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor. He's a capable shooter, needs to become more consistent. That's something that he can obviously mm-hmm. do. Uh, his passing, that stood out to me more than anything. And whenever you see a really good passer, you're like, Bradner Wood's going to like that player. So I think that that... Uh, is is a major factor as well. Uh, With him, developmental-wise, his strength is something that really needs to be addressed. He's very, very thin. He's very long, which is something you can uh, can hope to pack onto that frame. Uh, But he is mobile. He can run the floor. Uh, Rebounding and defense on the interior are question marks. But one thing I would say is you're able to take an upside piece at the four based on what you've attained with Georgie and Kofi and Benjamin Bossmans for dunk. And that's tough, actually, when you're talking about a Zed Key or, or someone else uh, at the stretch four spot to sell someone on coming in and being willing to to be in the mix with those front court players and and see a role, right? See a, and carve out a role early. So uh, if if Illinois was able to sell that to to Coleman and he bought in and, and uh, he's on board with developing in Illinois, he has high upside. I think that'd be a very good get. It's interesting to see how much Illinois basketball's rosters changed. A little bit. And say Coleman Hawkins uh, hops on board. That's a 6'10 kid. But you added Jermaine Hamlin, 6'10. Austin Hutcherson, 6'6. Jacob Grandison, 6'6. Bossman's Verdunk, 6'8. Kofi, obviously, 7'0. Behemoth, right? Like just a monster yep. man, right? It feels Dad, like. 6'7. Yeah, like all of these guys that, this, that Brad is starting to recruit in the last little bit, this roster's changing. This roster is going to look a whole lot different than what it did in a couple years. I, I really like the the potential of what this roster could look like defensively in a few years if you continue to add this type of length, if you continue to add these different things, because obviously you need length to play Brad to Underwood type of defense. But also, if you want to play zone and you have six yeah. foot eight and six foot seven and Georgie at six foot nine and Kofi at six ten and Hutcherson at six six and you know all of these different guys, you have options now. And I don't think Illinois quite had that before a couple years ago. Yeah, all of a sudden, if you want to throw on the orange throwbacks and pretend like you're Syracuse yeah right for a game, let's do it <laughs> you have that potential and that will be very interesting though with the length and stylistically with the defense if you do adjust a little bit and all of a sudden you know length is great in the passing lanes but length is also great to sit back and challenge shots and make defenses score over you instead of behind you on back cuts well and you also have the ability offensively now to elevate over people and score too, right? Like, and I, I think I, I look at this team and I go, this could be a really good rebounding team in a few years and an offensive rebounding team as well. I, I think that, I mean, Hutcherson's really, really thin. And so it's the same type of thing with Coleman Hawkins. But you pack on a little bit of muscle there, and those guys are long, wiry guys that we always looked at Michigan and right with DJ Wilson. We're like, man, you could really use a guy like that. Isaiah Roby, matchup nightmare for Illinois for years. Lamar Stevens, you could use guys like that who could just do a lot of different things for you on the floor. I think this roster is starting to get some versatility. I I don't want to jump ahead of the game and say that Hawkins is going to commit to Illinois, right? Like that, that's done. But what's the latest you're hearing on them? It feels like Illinois is in really, really good positions with him they are and a couple of suitors have fallen off the map with him USC was a visit he was going to take next month and they've kind of focused in on some more higher profile type of guys at his position Marquette got a top 100 commit last week and so though they're no longer going to host him for a visit was actually supposed to be this weekend Uh, Rutgers hosted him for an official back in June San Diego State had him on campus for an official earlier this month and that's where his dad played so that's kind of a factor where they're selling the legacy and I think they've done well there uh, but Illinois I put a crystal ball in for Illinois 
Uh, Chen Coleman went out and had an in-home visit earlier this week. I'm expecting a decision very, very soon. And as my crystal ball says, I think Illinois would be the choice. Okay, so let's fill the rest of this 2020 class. Coleman Hawkins hops on board. You feel pretty good about where you are with Andre Corbello. You feel pretty decent about where you are with Adam Miller. You got him on, on campus for an OV. If those are your three guys that you have as your main class, that's an A class for me. I mean, you got, you got the point guard that you need to replace Andres Feliz. You got the length inside to add another difference maker in there, especially after Kipper Nichols is going to graduate. There's going to be some openings there at the four. And then you got Adam Miller. Right, like yeah, the the best player in what, or arguably the best player in the state, him and DJ Stewart. Right, like I feel like that's an A class for me. We shouldn't overthink that. Right, there's no question in my mind. Andre Curbelo is maybe the best facilitating point guard in the country in this class. Unreal passer. He, Illinois would be over the moon to get that kind of guy. Adam Miller, top 50 guard who can really, really score it, really shoot it. All of a sudden, the point guard responsibilities are taken off a Trent Fraser, off Adam Miller if you get Andre Curbelo. And then, yeah, once again, an upside piece in Coleman Hawkins that brings length and skill on offense. And uh, you run it back with Trent and with Alan Griffin and Kofi and Georgie and Tev and Tev and all, you know, Hutcherson, Grandison. You have pieces all of a sudden to you, you did your job. Right, you went right. into this class and you, you got a couple impact guys in Col- in Curbelo and Miller, upside in, in Hawkins, and and you're ready to run it back next year and, and win some more. What's the latest on Curbelo? It feels like that one's been really quiet, like really been. really quiet. But I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Like we see Indiana came in with offers, uh, Oregon comes in with an offer. You see all these big programs, and Curbelo seems like this under the radar. Like I'm just going to do the thing, and I feel like that plays with Illinois really well. Because because Orlando Antigua is really tight with him. I, th- sure. I feel like that's a really big factor for Illinois. And it's kind of nice to see a kid maybe not buy into the bright lights of recruiting sometimes. And if you know he t- keeps it low-key, that could really help Illinois in the long run. Yeah, Illinois has done well with some of those. Some of those more lower-key, under-the-radar. Actually, Kofi was like that. Yeah, he the was. Kofi recruitment definitely. was a lot like that. Uh, but update... Underwood, Stephen Gentry, and Orlando were out to see Curbelo last week at an open gym. And then it sounds like Underwood and Antigua met with uh, Curbelo's dad this week. And I expect a official visit to be locked in fairly soon. And I, I like Illinois' chances. It'll be tough if Miami's strong, uh, if Kansas and Oregon make a real push. But you know the, the ties that Orlando and all the time that he's put in has Illinois in a really good spot. So then if Curbelo's probably that tier one prospect like that their a target as a point guard kk robinson's got to be there too is that their yep. backup plan illinois in the top seven for him isn't that correct and he just released that and pretty good upside play there too i mean if that's your backup plan it's not a bad backup plan to have you you're starting to see the staff start to flex their muscles a little bit on the recruiting trail not because you know not because they're landing all these five stars but because they have really solid quality backup plants in case something goes awry right and that was something that we always criticize John Gross for we can't pr- criticize Brad Underwood and his staff for that yeah that's a good point KK Robinson top 100 point guard now at Oak Hill where uh, Orlando Antigua has ties to yep. Steve Smith the head coach there you pulled in Kofi Cockburn in the last or Kofi Coburn I should say that now Coburn that Coburn, is, Coburn. we've I got that, that like confirmed we, we have that now confirmed uh, but yeah absolutely and, and Arkansas and Kansas are really the other two big players there. Arkansas is his home state. Kansas has recruited him and offered him uh, back during the summer. Uh, I think Illinois is in position to potentially get a visit, and, and that'll be interesting if they need to do that uh, and how they coordinate that with Curbelo. Last thing, you, you brought up Stephen Gentry, and I want to talk about him a little bit. You had a one-on-one with him. I did. Nine-minute right interview, mm-hmm. right? I've been really impressed with the reports I'm hearing on him. 
what have you like I, I feel like this kid might well, not he's not a kid this coach could be a, a really nice piece here with well, he, he's a kid in the profession for right, sure I right. think he's in his mid-30s uh but he's very very impressive as far as his basketball mind I yeah. love talking I got a chance to talk hoop with him and, and I was very impressed uh, he thinks the game at a high level uh he's he's, he's a basketball junkie and, and everything that I've heard people around this program and then going back and reading some stuff that maybe Mark Few has said uh, he's extremely detailed and well-respected in his player development, and that starts in like skill workouts. And I, I walked in before the interview, and he's running a skill workout uh, with Kofi and Georgie and Hamlin, and un- Antigua's taking kind of a backseat on the baseline, and Underwood's uh, spaced out a little bit, and they're letting Gentry, who's going to coach the guards up, right. he's talking angles on the ball screen and how to roll and all this stuff, and uh, I've just heard that he's so far advanced in that area, and that's exciting when there are questions about him recruiting-wise and what he's going to be able to pull in. But when you have the talent there, and if Chin and Orlando can still be talent getters, what he's going to be able to do to elevate you know, close to that ceiling or even raise your ceiling as, as a basketball team. I, I'd love to look back at this coaching staff in five to ten years and just see how we rank those assistants, right? Because I think everyone was like, oh, Orlando Antigua, easily number one. We weren't all that high on Chin Coleman originally. Steven Gentry, up in the air, kind of what he is. In five to ten years, how will we rank these three? Man, that's... <laughs> Isn't that tough? That's really tough. Because Chin, like, if Chin gets you Adam Miller and Io. You know yeah, what I mean? He has, like he has Adam Miller, Io. He's got Tev. Tev. He was the connection on Boss Man, right? That's one to to think about. But then again, if Orlando, Kofi, Kofi, Andres. I guess he, Andres potentially Curbelo, Alan Griffin. Uh, we can give him partial credit on Georgie, right? There you go, because he was the reason that. Underwood was in the building for that game. Underwood really was the the, the main guy there. So uh, that's, that's oh, so a, Underwood is a good recruiter. No, just kidding. <laughs> we decided <laughs> yeah. one guy. <laughs> Next segment coming up. Uh, that's tough. I don't know. That'll be so fun. That'd be really interesting. And in, in, in Jamal Walker, rest in peace. Not rest in peace, but you know what I mean. He he would be like in that in that conversation sure. as well sure. if we went. What could have been is that that's the segment with with Jamal. Yeah, that that should be. We'll get him on the podcast sometime too. Maybe when he's a head coach at like Southeastern Missouri State or something, we'll get him to come <laughs> back on the podcast and give us everything we need to do. All right, we're gonna take one more timeout. And then when we get back, it's time to shift and talk about football. This is a huge game for Illinois, and I know that after that Eastern Michigan debacle, nobody really wants to you know watch football right now, and that and that could be tough. But this is a chance for Illinois to to really get back on, on track and change some things around. So we'll, we'll break that down more. Break down Illinois and Nebraska next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Okay, shifting to football. It's time to talk Illinois and Nebraska on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Isaac Trotter and Derek Piper. Friday afternoon, we're going to get this out for you really, really soon so you can have it for the pregame podcast. But or, um, but as we look at this game, Derek, night game, 7 o'clock. The student section is sold out. I have a hard time saying it's sold out, though, because the tickets are free. But that also brings in another thing. Like, I feel like students should always get to go to free, get to go to football games for free. I just feel like that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but should be a great crowd. The numbers are through the roof is what you're seeing with ticket sales. Um, but this game feels tough for me to get fired up for. Yeah. And it's just because of the what we saw in the product on the field last week. And it wasn't good enough. And as we had in year four, like year four, this should be a time where Illinois was, this was kind of the year everyone was building towards. And to get rewarded after all of this, those two years of, you know, playing freshmen and, and, and playing 17 freshmen and starting 13 of them and having these offensive linemen just get abused by Iowa in their first collegiate start. Like you, you, we, you suffered through that for two years. And to get rewarded with a 34 31 loss to Eastern Michigan where they outcoach you and beat you at your own game on your own field and you give them a million dollars to go back to yeah. Eastern Michigan, that's a tough, tough look. But. If you beat Nebraska, things are still very much on track, right? Sure. Like they're very much on track to go to a bowl game if you beat Nebraska, and that's why this game is so and so vital. It is, and it's going to be easy to have a good time in the build up to this game. It is, like as far as tailgating and just the perfect setup for a Big Ten opener on your home field. As you said, the crowd has needed to be better. I'm not going to get on my get on the blame the crowd for losing no, these. No, no, I'm not on that at all. Uh, but having you know more people in that in that stadium, more students, uh, it all bodes well. But of course, it's disappointing, and then I think confidence is going to. You know, maybe people will build up some liquid confidence in the tailgate loss and lost thirty one going into that game. But uh, Grange I'm, Grove will be popping. <laughs> yeah, it will be. It will be, and it should be. But I, I just don't see Illinois faring very well. Yeah. You can't have confidence where, uh, and it really, in my mind, goes back to UConn. We let UConn's true freshman quarterback throw for almost three hundred yards. Eastern Michigan comes in, they put up almost five hundred total yards as an offense. You can't stop the pass game. And then here comes Adrian Martinez. I guess maybe one thing is Scott Frost hasn't won a road game at, at Nebraska. Maybe that's something that uh, you can maybe convince yourself that, that Illinois can can get this thing done. But I don't know. I hate the matchup. Uh, I just don't have confidence in the defense. I think the the offense can put up points, but can they put up 45? Right. No, I, I don't know. I think can the defense hold them under 45 might be another question there too. It's just so tough because we watch what Eastern Michigan does and Mike Glass, their quarterback, is a good player. And he runs that read option really, really well at times and picked up a couple decent chunk yardage and then picked Illinois' secondary apart, right? So he does that well. The problem is, is that Adrian Martinez does everything that Eastern Michigan's quarterback does, and he's a lot better at it. Yep. And he's got weapons that are even more explosive than Eastern Michigan's. I mean, J.D. Spielman's one of the best re- receivers in the Big Ten ever, possibly. He's <laughs> one of the best receivers in Nebraska history, Like, and he plays the slot. I have no idea how Illinois matches up with him. And Scott Frost makes a comment earlier this week that Illinois is just going to play their base defense. If if Scott Frost knows what you're going to do and not you're not going to mix it up beforehand, Adrian Martinez is going to know what to do, and he's not going to be surprised by anything you do. He's mm-hmm. going to know exactly. What, it just feels like this is, has a has a situation where it could be like North Carolina. Illinois plays really tough at the beginning. It's a huge crowd. You're really into the game, but then it kind of falls apart down the, because you're not as talented. And Adrian Martinez is really good. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the feel I get with this game a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you also look at Penn State last year. Although I don't know, I'm not sure Illinois hangs 
around as long as they did. But and I hopefully the that final, was weird. Hopefully the final score. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird they got out game. of hand quick. Trenard Davis like throws that touchdown. Illinois winning that game. Yeah, and and. And then it just 42 points in a row. Like, I don't know how somebody scores 42 points in a row in a fourth quarter. Like, that's just absurd to me. No, it doesn't make sense. But this also doesn't make sense. It's Illinois' defense improving against, as you mentioned, a better quarterback with right. Big Ten weapons, with a Big Ten offensive line. And we sang the praises, sang the praises of Illinois' D-line for, for good reason. Like, right. Wally Batiku had a really darn good start. Still leading the country in sacks. He's still yeah. a darn good football player, but that defensive line, if I'm not mistaken, got one sack. Over yeah. the weekend yeah. against Eastern Michigan, and now you're facing a, a Big Ten offensive line, uh, and it, it really to me is stopping the pass. Nebraska actually has a run game. Eastern Michigan not very good on the ground, so I, I just think it does not add up. Does not compute to me for the defense getting better. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a really really tough matchup for Illinois. But again, like I, I look at this and Michigan or uh, Nebraska's kicking game stinks, and their offensive line is beat up a little bit, and they've lost a couple guys in that secondary. You have a chance here where Illinois could move the football on this team, and I think offensively, Illinois excuse me beat themselves last week with turnovers nine nine penalties I don't think all of those were on the offense I think six or seven of those were on the offense right so you have nine penalties for 80 yards wiped away a couple big runs if Reggie Corbin and Brandon Peters and this offensive line continues to do their thing running the football Illinois is gonna put up points if you don't shoot themselves in the foot Illinois puts up 50 on Eastern Michigan last week and they win that game I think they could do that again against Nebraska Nebraska hasn't allowed a, a team to rush for 100 yards yet this season but they haven't gone up against a running game like Illinois. And you could say all you want about Illinois' running game. It's still really good. It, yeah. might, it might not be number two in the Big Ten just because Reggie's gotten hurt and that one game could affect their numbers a little bit. But they're still really, really good. I expect this Illinois offense to go up and down the field. Now, can they convert those opportunities into touchdowns? Can they avoid those penalties? Can they avoid those turnovers, those crucial, crucial turnovers? I'm not sure, but they'll move the ball. I wouldn't be shocked if Illinois has over 400 yards of total offense when it's all said and done. Yeah, the issues that we talk about on offense, I think, are much more correctable. Right. As far as uh, putting yourself in long yardage early on, withholding penalties, that that's something you can clean up. Uh, Brandon Peters being able to survey, you know, the defense and understand, oh, there's six guys coming. I'm gonna have to get this ball out quick. Right. Hopefully, you're hoping that that's something that he can watch film and talk with Rod Smith, and all of a sudden be like, or they have a check to where he gets the ball out quickly. Right. Uh, and he's gonna miss some throws, and it seems like when he misses, he misses badly. At least he's missing out of bounds. He's not missing to to other defenders. O- only two interceptions. Nine touchdowns to two interceptions, still a good ratio. Right, absolutely. So I, I agree with you. I think this offense is a team that can, a unit that can still put up points. Can they put up enough? That's that's going to be really tough. Uh, yeah, I, I think offensively it it should be fine. I think it really does come down to defense and. I, I, you know, I watch film and I go, what can they do to stop Adrian Martinez, right? And what was our big criticisms last year? One, we thought that they played too much zone and they sat back in zone and got in that and got beat like that. And we thought, oh, they should play man. Well, they played man a lot against Eastern Michigan and got mm. beat. Yeah, they did. We wanted their linebackers to blitz a lot more. They blitzed more against Eastern Michigan and they got beat. So I, I that we wanted their defensive line to stunt more and do a little more, more creative re- creativity. They did that and still got beat last week. So I, I don't know how you really stop Adrian Martinez. And thankfully, it's not my job to figure that out, right? <laughs> That's Levy Smith's job. You're paying him $4 million. You're a defensive coach. You have to figure this out. This is your job, right? So I, I just look at this and I go, Illinois needs to make him turn the ball over at least three times. Wale has to have a massive game in getting after the passer. You need another defensive end to step up. Like it feels like a lot has to go right for Illinois defensively 
to keep this Nebraska team down. Although, Nebraska's not been great offensively this year. They struggled against South Alabama. They struggled a little bit more against Colorado. They were up big, but then completely vomited down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And then they beat Northern Illinois last weekend. But again, they didn't really play elite, elite football yet. It feels like this team hasn't quite put it together yet. And Illinois could take advantage of that. Yeah, you hit on something there that I that I liked and, and that you did some different things defensively and that's something that maybe you chalk that up with Lovey and say, oh, well, they just play cover two every time and that's why nothing happens defensively. Uh, they did do some more blitzing and it just didn't work out and that's where players just got to make plays. And I think on the outside as well, and that's where I'm looking, that cornerback uh, where if you're playing cover two, you're playing man, you're playing cover three, whatever it is, if there's a one-on-one and the ball's coming, you got to knock it down. You got to make a play on the ball. And that was something I didn't see uh, out of Illinois last week against Eastern Michigan. And and if you allow, you play behind the receiver and and let them body you up and make the catch, you're not going to stop them no matter what defense you're playing. Let's do our pick to click. Let's pick one player. And you want me to go first, or you you got it? A guy already in mind. As long as you don't steal my guy, you can go first. Okay. All right. We're going to go pick to click. Here's my pick to click. I'm kind of with you on this secondary. My pick to click is Quan Martin. I think that this is a really big opportunity for him because, listen, when you play bad throughout three games, offensive coordinators notice that, Scott Frost notices that, Adrian Martinez notices that, and he's going to pick on Quan Martin. And now it's up to Quan Martin to try to step up and, and make some plays here. You're going to have opportunities where he can take the ball away. Quan Martin has gotten decimated in two games this year against UConn and, and against Eastern Michigan. But he had three interceptions last year as a true freshman. I thought he would take a step forward. He was much better in spring than we saw last fall. He was much better this in training camp than we saw last year. But he's reverted back to his old ways. I think this is an opportunity for him to make up for some of those mistakes against Eastern Michigan because he's going to get tested. He's going to get thrown at multiple times. And if he does an opp- if he does what he needs to do and can go make some game-changing plays, we'll forget about what he, how bad he played against UConn. We'll forget about what he did against Eastern Michigan if he makes some game-changing plays against Nebraska. I am sticking in the secondary and going Nate Hobbs. There you go. Okay, Boom. So, We're on the same page. And once again, I didn't know who Arthur Jackson was going into that. He is good. He is good. I didn't know who he was. Right. And Nate Hobbs, had he done more, could have kept it that way. I, right. I wouldn't have really known Arthur Jackson. But now I do. I do know who J.D. Spillman is. And he's a really good receiver. He had eight touchdowns last year. Uh, and he's Adrian Martinez's favorite target. So Nate Hobbs is going to be on him all night long. And again... You gotta knock it down. You gotta make a play. Stars gotta step up. Your stars on your defense to be able to get any kind of stops are gonna have to play at at their peak. And, and that's Nate Hobbs. That's Wally Batiku. Jamal Milan. Yeah. So I, that's where I'm at. And I, it's in the secondary. This pass defense frightens mm-hmm. me to to no end. I will say this: it, pass defense is going to be a big issue. I think Illinois will have some reinforcements, though. Tony Adams did practice twice this week and should be back at safety. I, I did a story on the safeties earlier this week, and, you, and if you're list, you're on the site, you probably uh, read it. But the the big stat that I looked at was in the last 39 Illinois games. Yeah, 39. Illinois had 13 different guys start at safety. That's a problem, right? Like good. You, you've had all of this turmoil here. Uh, they haven't had the same two safeties start more than three games in a row since 2016 that's that's again another problem because you're just not sure who you're playing with you you get comfortable with people i get comfortable with you on this podcast right going back and forth i know i know what you're gonna do i know how you talk i know how we're gonna interact well illinois hasn't had that at safety and again at the end of the day their best two safeties are tony adams and Sidney brown they're both going to be healthy this week i think 
and they unless something happened on Thursday and Friday in the close practices that we weren't there for and, and if those two guys can get back on the field this passing defense could finally have you know Sydney Tony uh, Nate Hobbs and Quan Martin the four guys that you kind of trusted the most now that Marquez Beeson was injured and we wish he was out on the field for sure but those four guys were the guys you kind of always wanted on the field together they haven't had that happen this year and now there's a chance for them to be on the field together it's huge that's uh, huge I mean what more could you ask for that, that, that's again having your guys out there this is a thin group thin position group and I don't want to see uh, I'm sorry Michael Marquez I just don't want to yeah. see you in this game not, yeah I'd, Kirby Joseph has not been very good either no. uh, maybe he wasn't as good of a recruit as we thought you know what I mean like we got kind of criticized for that one when he got here and he hasn't really produced yet so yeah uh, Michael Marquez probably not a great matchup for him Kirby Joseph probably not a great matchup for him I did not expect uh, Stanley Green to play uh, he has a groin injury he did not practice on Tuesday or Wednesday so it'll be thin so Joseph and Marquez will have to be ready because they're the backups for Brown and Adams right now so that'll be big all right before we get out of here we got to do our viewers guide for tomorrow I mean this is a really fun day you could have so if you're if you're living in Champaign or coming down from Chicago for this game what are the things that we should do tomorrow I think personally your, your day should start off at the pancake house it's hard get, to argue with that right like get some nice breakfast in okay. and you can go and and relax a little bit before you head to Ubbin then you go and tailgate and watch college football and then you go watch Illinois Nebraska at seven o'clock tomorrow night I feel like that's a that's a great day. That sounds like an awesome day. No doubt. I would say I'll I'll buy into your pancake house, right. and uh, hopefully you're buying. I, right, right, I said right. I'll buy into it, but hopefully <laughs> right, right. you're buying. Then we go to the tailgate lots where we stop by Lante's tailgate. True. He's got a TV, so he's going to have Wisconsin-Michigan on. We'll be watching that all the way up until we head over to Ubbin, watch the Illinois basketball team work out, watch Adam Miller work out, back to the lots, hang out, and then go into the game. I think that sounds fantastic. Is that what you're going to do tomorrow? That is about the plan I'm going to stick to, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, well, good podcast again today. We are going to, Jeremy and I are going to do our post-game podcast after the game on Saturday night. It'll probably be at like midnight when we get out of there at Memorial Stadium, so maybe that'll be up Sunday morning for you, but we're definitely going to do that. Um, Again, thanks so much for for listening. We've had... awesome awesome turnout for the for this podcast rate us review us always helps get the podcast on apple Podcasts, um stitcher and spotify i don't like to listen to the podcast often because i don't like the sound of my own voice but, but you know what i mean <laughs> Isn't but, it funny how that works right like but i do go back occasionally they don't stink i don't think no, they, they do don't stink. I, I do think though I think our if, numbers would be worse if they stung that's true that is true i do think though that people should send us in something on twitter or you can twitter is probably the, the best way to do yeah. it or review us uh, review us on itunes or apple Podcasts. right but if you have anything you want us to fix send it in we'll fix it right and we'll do that and i, I think next time we should do more uh, q a's we should we should have a segment for q a's next time it's you and me what do you think yeah i like that sounds good all right again rate us review us that always helps podcast apple podcast stitcher and spotify thanks so much for listening to the line i inquire podcast National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.